On this episode, we answer your questions with Chris Madrigal, Atlas All Access. Starts now. weeks ago, well, no, about a week ago, I asked uh, you guys on Atlas and Friends, on our group, to ask us questions, anything you want. And there were some fun questions, like, what will my drag queen name be? That was a great question. I think I went with uh, Danica Donut. Okay. That was my drag queen name. I don't know. Thanks, Jenny. That was, that was an awesome question. Danica <laughs> All right. Safe. Um, uh, uh, Laura Cullen asked, and this is super ironic, Laura Cullen asked what my uh, favorite comic book was. So, I mean, there were fun questions on mm-hmm. there. Yes. Yeah. Secrets 92, First Princess Swamp Thing. Uh, yeah. But then there were some very serious questions, too. So I thought it'd be fun to have Chris come in here and talk through, answer some of these questions for everyone. Sure. Well, right. That's a great forum. Great, great uh, opportunity for nurses to ask Real questions, right? I would so, do this like once cool. a month, quite honestly. That was kind of the intent when we first started thinking about having a show like this, mm. is answering these kinds of oh, questions. once a quarter. Okay, once a quarter, that's yeah. fine. All right, first question. Sheila Bissell, when will companies be able to share prophecy results? Okay, here's the thing. It should be easier than it really is. It should be, because it's all the same test. You're taking, if company A, Atlas, uses prophecy, company I don't know, B, whoever, doesn't matter, Talmud uses prophecy, then we should be able to share the results, right? Um, no, not necessarily. Okay. It sounds great in concept and theory, mm-hmm. but I think when you're, I think any time you have an industry where there's a regulatory body or there's an accreditation, is that the right word? Accreditation? Yes, that's the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think of it like ADP. Everybody has ADP, sure. right? Why do they have to get a new password, username per company? And I don't know if that's the reason, but in theory, it should be very simple. There should be maybe a waiver, right? Yeah. A nurse signs it, it's their information, yeah. it's their test. But then, I don't know, does, does the industry pay a certain money for that service? And so, in a way, they own that, and it's branded such? I don't know, but... Each, well, each individual company co-brands those prophecy exams and in theory the company pays for those exams even though it's the nurse or the tech or the therapist that is taking that exam right and so you know where does the ownership lie i think maybe is is the sticking point correct as a work product that it's the nurse in the same way that we freely give our nurses their information when they leave where some companies say that's our work product and you don't get it that's exactly right so who knows great question all right next question tracy harris do you think technology will get to where the traveler can see the jobs available and look for ourselves? And she kind of expanded on that. Like, we can see the jobs available for ourselves after work, when I have free time, see the details of the job, and the recruiter is the submittal person and liaison. Like how truckers go to pick up a job when they, they want, based on their need-money-close-to-home via an app. Um, great question. I think, as we all... And I used to be at Warner Trucking. Can I even say that? Yeah. Oh, so sure. I understand picking up a load, like when you would go somewhere, and you just, especially if I, like, it's easy, seamless, and you actually have people there that are providing that information to you. I would just say the way that our industry and the speed in which we move, we're doing it full time, mm-hmm. and it's a bear to get that information because sometimes what's posted 
there isn't necessarily true by the time you get to the point of submission. Right. And, and this is still going to be a, a person-to-person industry. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would love for that to be, you know, and I know some companies you've talked about that automation of things, but mm-hmm. I just think for, you know, if, if nurses truly understood the information, data integrity, you know, building pay packages, Compliance, asking because a lot of times those job postings are generic, so you got to dig in deeper. Right. I just don't know working a full time job. It's hard enough to get compliance mm-hmm. done, and, and, and a nurse to get all that on the few days off that they have. That I can't. I, I would just wonder how more efficiently that that process would work. Just kind of being honest. I don't think. I don't think. And I, one, I, I think maybe they they to a certain extent do understand, but from company to company it varies. I think what we're going to see is the speed to market increase while that human element still exists. It's mm-hmm. it's only going that 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 time frame is only going to get shorter from the time the job opens to the time the submittal happens to the time the interview happens to the time that they're accepted and they sign on the dotted line. Mm-hmm. That time frame is going to get shorter and shorter. I do not believe that there is a fully automated process like I'm calling an Uber right now to take me to the airport. Mm-hmm. That's not the same thing. It's just not. And I know there's companies out there that are trying that. It's not the same thing. Me calling, me calling an Uber because I drank too much, or because I'm me getting on an Amazon and ordering diapers for my baby, is not the same as a nurse or a therapist or a tech relying on an agency to have their best interests in mind, to protect their professional license, to make sure that they're compliant. You're missing that piece. Yeah, there's, there's a total, it's so, it is transactional, but not like the examples that you made were great. Right. I mean, because then a lot of times is, we're talking about speed to market, they, then the, for it to really work and not bog down is, is your profile completely updated, your references, your resume, all, you know, and, and all that stuff. So I would agree. I mean, I think as we, as more agencies just kind of share their business practice and more of the industry, mm-hmm. I think we're going to become, you know, better at it, and we're just not there yet. We're not there yet. Because every, every company has a job listing. You can mm-hmm. go on their job listing, and for the most part, they're, you know, updated nonstop. But we also know sometimes those jobs that are listed there are on hold for a nurse that's already there or mm-hmm. coming back. How would you know that? You know, it's so... Oh, we'll get to that. That's one of the questions, too. Mm, okay. So, next question, and I'll mix these two together. John Farnsworth, when are we opening up Canada, eh? And then the next question, in addition to that, Brittany Hood, would you guys ever consider branching out and trying international nursing? Does How does that work for a company? I'll answer that one. I, no. I, and I'll tell you no for a, a couple different reasons. One, I've never, ever, in the 20, 15 years that I've been in this industry, seen it work. It, it, having to deal with a different country and the laws in that country, and that it, it just it just does simply does not work. And I know there are agencies out there that are trying or have tried. I know there are very large agencies that have tried and that have abandoned it. I spent millions and millions of dollars trying to do it, trying to make it happen because in theory it sounds like a good idea, and it just in the end it doesn't work. Immediately thought of, I know they had mentioned, or John, is that right? Mm-hmm. Had mentioned Canada, but yeah. immediately when you talk about international, you, you talk about a lot of the Caribbean, or I think, thought about Dubai, and mm-hmm. how does that work? I know some travelers go, but again, it, it becomes a, a logistical 
issue and when it comes with liabilities, who's who's liable for this, who's responsible for this, mm-hmm. I, you know, for people to have context, when we're doing a background check and you're doing just from state to state mm-hmm. and county and city, yeah. that sometimes is such a delay. So I can only imagine all the, you would you would definitely need to have a lot of resources to try and make a run at that. And I know we've all, we've looked at it. It sounds sexy. Like, Hey, there's this big market of nurses that want to roll this way. And, and a lot of times that's kind of the, uh, the offering to say, Hey, we're international, but in reality it's kind of limited offerings. If, if that. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's the hook or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Next question. Maggie May, what is the salary of an average travel nurse recruiter? How many hours a week? Do they do the average on normal, and what is a day in the job really like? Asking for a friend. Oh, great question. Um, salary wise, I mean, we're I, we're thirty six thousand base salary for a recruiter. Mm-hmm. That's pre tax. So when taxes come out, benefits come out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not much. Now, when you're talking about average, I don't know what across the board agencies do, but mm-hmm. that varies. But as far as our hours here, it's eight to five. But you'll see recruiters, you know, before they even left the house, have been responding to nurses that are on shift overnight. So, you know, I would say a recruiter. We always talk about it. They're on twenty four. They're they're on. They come into the office by seven thirty, yeah. or they leave by seven o'clock at night. They eat dinner. I mean, it's a commitment that we always pride ourselves on including the families because if your spouse or if you have children are not on board with this industry it's you're working holidays you're working weekends it's a lot now you know for some of our our you know more successful nurses that's that's a different i don't want to go down that rabbit hole because what's successful right, right. you have to have work ba- work-life balance it's not necessarily monetary but you know obviously if we're starting out at 36 mm-hmm. you know that's that would give you a good idea mm-hmm. that you know well, and, and to be fair too, just to be completely transparent, there's there's a commission piece involved in your yep, 30, yep. plus thirty six plus. You know, that's your base plus yep. a commission piece too. But I, I think what's more important there is the the twenty four seven nature of of what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. And I I'd be happy to show you. There have been many many times where we're you know it's eleven o'clock and I'm laying in bed and I'm texting Patty Hinks because I mean she's she's my boots on the ground. You know, out there doing the job every day. This is what I'm seeing, or, or whatever. And Jenny will look over at me and say, "Hey, who are you texting? Oh, I'm texting Patty." Right. It's totally normal. Like it's completely normal. Normal. Eleven o'clock at night, or I'll get Facebook messages at two in the morning that then I answer when I get up at six, or you know, or whatever. Like it is a twenty-four-seven. That's job. a great question, and maybe we didn't answer so concrete as far as the money involved, but maybe shed a little insight on what these recruiters are going through. And a lot of times you could have a recruiter living and working so hard for you, but timing's everything. And if and if they, you don't catch them in the five or ten minute window that some other recruiter's calling you, it, you that can make a difference between being successful at this job or not. So it's we call it a grind for a reason. True. Next question. Holly Ann, when are you guys going to pick up more LPN contracts? Right now you are very limited and more focused mostly on RNs. I, we will staff LPNs just it's the jobs aren't always there 
I know they're out there, mm-hmm. um, but you're 100% Holly, and you're 100% right. We are focused on our ends. I mean, yeah, I think that that's is how part of our. I think that's part of our growth strategy. Yes. Looking forward, I mean, mm-hmm. I think, and you could speak more to this because you're the one that talked mm-hmm. to me about this, and you and Ryan. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be very specific, so we excelled to a segment. How, you know, as opposed to sometimes in the industry, there's like this grab all as this idea that if we just service everybody, we're somehow going to be profitable or successful. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they're almost negligent or mediocre in all of the service offerings where we've really tried to focus on one. But I know LPNs are I mean, that's part of our growth strategy and Mm -hmm. our and also looking at partnerships with facilities. That's Mm -hmm. something that, you know, we're looking to do. But again, it seems like we've been doing this forever, but we're still learning how to be better every Mm -hmm. day. You know, there's uh, and we've, we've taken a lot from other agencies that we know. I mean, we have we have the unique perspective here in Omaha to have a ton of other agencies around us. I know of one agency not too far from us who started an LPN in the CNA division and then closed it because it just didn't work for them. Now, I know another agency not too far from us who we're very good friends with who has a thriving LPN mm-hmm. and CNA yep. division. Like It drives the revenue of their company. So it all depends on do you want to be the, the jack-of-all-trades, master of none, or do you want to focus? And I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not saying sure, that yeah, like yeah. that you know is a, is a dig on them in any way whatsoever. Yep. But our focus was the RNs. Like that was we knew we wanted to be laser focused on that. Mm-hmm. And now, but we're not opposed to placing more LPs. Yep. Yep. Uh, next question, Corey Stone. Any plans to add U.S. territories in the mix? I'll get that one. That was an easy one. One, we've had them, Why? Right? Well, we, we staffed, even before Chris, we staffed the Virgin Islands. I did. I had that contract. Mm-hmm. That was a nightmare. It was horrible. It was, it was uh, getting the placements down there, getting the, the licensure process was not easy. And then the very, very difficult part for us was getting paid. Yeah. And eventually, eventually we collected it all, but it was after we told the facility, we just can't do this anymore. Uh, it just you we can't i can't pay the nurse and then get paid from you six to nine months later correct and if anyone's following what you guys were in talking about that that don't know that that's how the industry works your agency is actually paying all the bills Mm -hmm. and then trying to collect it on the back end so if you don't make good decisions you you know whether you're successful or not it can come up Mm -hmm. to to kind of jam you up it did not work now guam go if you want we have never staffed guam if you want just go out there and do a facebook search about Travel nurses in Guam, it is not a pretty picture. It's not It's not a scenario that you maybe want to put yourself in. That's all I'm saying. Whether or not Guam has good hospitals, I don't know. All I've seen is what I've, what I've read on Facebook, and it is more, it is a very, very popular subject, and there are many, many people that have commented on it with the same stories. It's a great question. I mean, I think about a lot of nurses that go off and they work hard and they play hard. And I guess that, that would seem like a logical next step. Like, hey, I want to I work and live on contract in the Virgin Islands instead mm-hmm. of working three months and taking a mm-hmm. week or three off to go, you know, vacation and mm-hmm. come back. So great question. To be fair, the, uh, the housing that we had in the Virgin Islands, you open the door and the beach was right there. It was beautiful. Julie Jones. Why do hospitals post positions that they are holding only for extensions or very specific, usually return travelers? The ghost job. 
I would say because they have to account, there's an administrative portion of this job that's more than just word of mouth coming back. Hey, come back and work. Mm -hmm. So they have to post it. They have to. It is a real job. They do have to open it up. They do need to show it on its books. Mm -hmm. And technically, it's not open until it's actually open and that return traveler can come back. That's really frustrating yep. and really cool places where everyone's like, yes, they got the job I've always wanted. I'll do any shift. I'll go there. I don't even care what steamboat. I don't even care what the pay is. I just want to, yep. you know, ride a season. And then you find out, well, they had a returning traveler that they mm-hmm. already knew. But that's the bonus to you travelers out there. Mm-hmm. When you're traveling and you're getting your world, you should be always thinking downstream of if I'm cool with the staff and and the, and, the, and the director of nursing or manager, it'll be an easy way to get back to that facility, especially as the dynamics of the market changes. Sometimes it could be a real easy market. Other times the market really and leveraging relationships is still one of the best and oldest, truest ways business is done. Mm-hmm. And in that, I think what you're seeing is those, those ghost jobs is that speed to market, us trying to capitalize on that as quickly as possible. Mm. So there are automated processes out there. As soon as the job opens, it feeds into our database, then mm-hmm. the database feeds out to you, then it comes to you in a text or an email or our recruiter sees it or whatever, trying to get that as quickly as possible when yeah. it really isn't an open job in the first oh, place. Oh, so frustrating. Yep. I've been there. I'm running PayPack, just calling my nurse. Woohoo, it just happened. And then you're like, oh, I put and all that work in. Sorry. And it was, yeah. Nope. You get it. All right. Okay, next question. Sheila, Melissa, I'm sorry, Melissa, doesn't relate to me, but to a fellow Atlas traveler that is thinking she isn't going to use Atlas anymore. When When is Atlas going to make their insurance benefits better? From what my friend has told me, I wouldn't travel with Atlas either if I had to use your insurance. So mm. here's the thing. And I, I, would, I would challenge you, and I wrote this in the answer to... My insurance that I have for me, my prescription drug insurance for my high blood pressure and all the rest of the garbage that a middle-aged man has to have now, right? That it, you know, my acid reflux and whatever, it's it. I have the same as you. I have the Correct. same the same insurance, and that's been that way here since day one. So when we look at every year when when insurance company comes to town to do our renewal or whatever. We're not just thinking of us, we're thinking of everybody. And how can we get a plan that isn't so horribly expensive that nobody can afford it, but isn't so horribly cheap that you can afford it, but when you go to the doctor, the benefits just aren't there. You're paying on one end. My background with insurance and risk management, I get it. Like, you know, and that's always, it depends on what that individual person's, because a single person's like, why it's so crazy where mm-hmm. if you have a large family that has a whole bunch of dependents, it's different. I think you answered that beautifully. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, I actually, you know, I was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I had my colon removed. We joke yeah. about it in here. Yeah. Like, right. But right. you know, without actually having real coverage, that's a financial impact that would have been devastating mm-hmm. to my wife and I and my family. But I'm, I look back at it now going, that price to pay for our premium was a drop in the bucket for a couple ambulance mm-hmm. rides, you know, a couple weeks in the hospital, surgery, yep. all that, you know. So people are trying to worry about the front end costs don't really understand the vehicle that insurance really is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we use it so it's not like we're giving, we're, you know, like it's a revenue generator or we're not mm-hmm. incurring costs. It's like 
we're trying to balance that, like you said. I think I'm pretty much repeating everything you said. You did, but I'm it, just so excited. So but, I'm like, but oh. it's important. You yeah. used our insurance, and and to be fair, there are others that have used our insurance too, and said, you know what, the benefits are there. Yep. But bottom line is, insurance is expensive. Even the coverage, like two years ago, we added the high deductible plan. So higher deductible, higher co-pays, lower front end cost for maybe some of our younger travelers who don't, you know, in their 20s and 30s, who don't need, who don't use it as much. I didn't. When I was in my 20s, I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't, mm. you know, I still ha I had the insurance. I never used it. Now that I'm a little bit older, I'm going to pay a little bit more on the front end so I don't have to pay when I go. We actually messed up. I went with the GSA or what? No, what is it? The the high deductible plan. No, I went with the other one. Oh, we the, pay less. Yes, yes. But we, if we have to use it, we got to pay more. Mm -hmm. And then I had all these surgeries like, oh, we should have stayed in the traditional one. Should have. But my wife loves our insurance. Again, I came from an industry where my benefits were awesome. When I first came to Atlas, I'm like, oh, these benefits are junk. My wife came from a different, smaller. So, I mean, it's all kind of relative to not just mm -hmm. the benefits offered, but your perspective on where you came from. So. True. Are we still good on time? Yeah. Last question. Does Atlas use the random call text message approach to recruit nurses? If so, why? If not, how is it that Atlas keeps nurses when other agency agencies seemingly purchase a nurse's contact information for no other purpose than harass them with calls and texts? Texts. This is texts. Texts. Um, yes. A little bit. I, I think at the root of at the root of recruiting still is that phone call, right? You're mm -hmm. still, now how you get to that phone call initially is that personal relationship. Mm -hmm. But how you get to that phone call is, is different every time. Maybe mm -hmm. the phone call's first. Maybe a text message is first. Maybe a voicemail is first. Maybe a direct message through Facebook is first. Who knows? But do we have a database with phone numbers and email addresses? Yeah. We don't have call guidelines or robo-dials. No. Nope. I would say a lot of that is on you, the traveler. When you're trying to get that free swag of some website that's saying, we're going to give you a cup and a jacket, mm. and you end up putting your name, the, sometimes the fine print says that you're you know, allowing them to go ahead and resell your information. Mm -hmm. Some other websites are sophisticated, and they'll say, okay, you tell us which agencies you would like to share your information with. So there's a lot of that that goes on. But I think if, you know, most agencies have a philosophy in how they recruit. Mm -hmm. We're different. We give our We give our recruiters flexibility to be a person and to understand that, you know, but... At the same time, I would just recommend that if you're getting phone calls from agencies that you did not provide your information, it's a simple fix. Like, just say, please, you know, I appreciate you reaching out, but I no longer would like to be connected or called with this organization. Whatever, whatever the, the buzzwords of that sure. are. Because sure. at some point, that agency received your information because at some point you said you were looking for a job or you were interested mm -hmm. in, and now whether or not you read the fine print of how that information mm -hmm. was going to be shared, that's a different mm -hmm. thing, but, you know. Well, and sometimes there is no fine print. Sometimes the fine print is I'm going to share my – I'm going to let you scan my badge at a conference so I could have a chance to win an iPad. Well, when you scan your badge, that all Every your information agency. goes to that, and they could sell it or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But so, is that something we do? No, I've never scanned a badge in my life. 
is that do we have those kind of call like you said call guidelines like you can't a recruiter can't leave every day until they call make a hundred dials or whatever that's an old telemarketing thing from way back in the day and it just doesn't fit our industry anymore and text and all that we're so relational i mean again that's why if you're thinking about doing this there's enough travelers out there there's enough forums out there that you can rely on someone's referral and that Mm -hmm. you you don't have to go try and reinvent the wheel or try and discover discover some type of truth that thousands and thousands of nurses haven't already figured out Mm -hmm. a lot of times it just comes down to communication asking the right questions and receiving the information and making a decision so you know, as much as we want to encourage everybody to just kind of be more sharing of information, you mm-hmm. you have a responsibility to protect your information as well. True. All right. So then last question, Chris, what would your drag queen name be? I was going to say, none of these were fun. You set me up. No, no, they were fun. But they were not fun. I was like, what's your favorite? I just fa-? asked you. My, yeah, I was like, I, I buddy, the elf, you. what's your favorite color? You know, I thought we were going to get What's your favorite like, color? Yeah, I said there were some softballs, but they weren't easy. Jeez, those aren't softballs. I'm in a way, I'm in a co-ed terrible <laughs> league when you say softball. So right. what's, what's, your my- drag, what's your drag queen name? Thanks, JD. That was a great question. Whether he was serious or not. He, he was, actually. I know him. Well, I've been... I don't even know if I want to know this answer. Well, if you've been around the pool of Vegas the past couple of years, it's kind of started already. Oh, no. I'm, I'm the sexy dolphin. Oh, God. I know, and I said that with a straight face. That's. I'll never recover from this. You know that. This might be our last episode ever. I think so. Sorry. You asked it. <laughs> look at look at Emily's back there. Just like total making the, disgust. Like making the cringy face. Yeah, sorry. Jeez. Ah, I feel terrible now. All right, sexy dolphin. Thanks for uh, being with me today. What was your name? Uh, Danica Donuts. I don't know. I just made it up. I have no idea. Just don't, let's not make eye contact it was just like, right now. <laughs> All right. Chris, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks. We'll see you next week.